Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The Speaker Pelosi tries to go to Taiwan. Her plane could be shot down. Right now, that's a hypothetical. We shouldn't be intimidated by that rhetoric or those potential actions. Still dealing with the monkeypox that's coming in. This is a public health crisis. Most devastating flooding events in Kentucky's history. It's a recession. We are not in a recession. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. A brand new week. Lots to talk about. And uh, a, a sad note for all you Star Trek fans. Um, the woman who played Lieutenant Uhura, Nichol, uh, Nichelle Nichols, passed away over the weekend. William Shatner was up in Raleigh over the weekend at GalaxyCon. <laughs> and yes, my producer, Clark Willis, was there. And uh, you, you got to have, you took a picture with uh, Captain did. Kirk? I did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what what is shocking, because we were talking, and, and Clark showed me the picture, and I said, eh, Captain Kirk doesn't look too good. I mean, William Shatner looks old well he is old he's 91 i didn't believe it until i looked it up 91 now i, I will say this I, I take it back that he looks he looks good for 91 he looks very good for 91 but yeah william shatner was in raleigh so what 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 all did they do i mean did you dress up as a klingon or something or? <laughs> no i went around interview i actually got to meet paul williams Who's Paul Williams? Paul Williams is an actor, singer, songwriter, and I learned that he actually wrote songs for like Three Dog a Night. You now, know Paul, that? but yeah, he was he was the short guy on uh, Smokey and the Bandit, right? That's right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe I believe Henry told me he worked on, or he was in Cannonball Run. Yeah, which was a very similar. Yeah. I, I don't think he was in Cannonball Run, but he I, was in the he was in the Smokey and the Bandit films. Yes. yes. What? Yeah, Henry doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so it was, uh, I mean, how long was the, now you, you got in with the press. Yes. But for the, but for the poor lay people. Yes. How long was the line to get a picture with Shatner? Uh, Surprisingly, the pictures, taking those uh, photo ops goes pretty quick, but the price is what always gets you. Oh, really? $150. To take a picture with Shatner. Yes. Now, did, did they use... Uh, a, a professional camera or did you just hand yeah. them your phone okay yeah, you could also do that too okay. <laughs> it's, it's there's you know they made money hand over fist oh, yeah. at that place easily but since since you're the producer for news and views they yeah, obviously I, just welcomed you in and, and said did, did, so did you charge shatner for the picture did no you, no they gave it actually we got ours free no i'm saying did you charge shatner i should for have. yeah i, I mean come have. on you're a big big time producer that's right all right anyway uh fun stuff uh, lots to talk about. Uh, Wayne County officials say three deputies were shot Monday morning, this morning around 11 a.m. while delivering paperwork. The scene has remained active as of early this afternoon with a suspect still inside the residence of Wayne County, uh, the home of 2500 block Arlington Bridge Road in Dudley. I- I'm assuming that's still going on. This is the latest we have from WNCT. The deputies have been sent to the home to serve involuntary commitment papers when the suspect opened fire. Uh, one of the three deputies went to the Wayne UNC Hospital in Goldsboro. The other two were flown to uh, ECU uh, Health Medical Center in uh, Greenville, which used to be called Vidant. 
it's hard not to call it Vidant. I, now it's uh, ECU Health Medical Center in Greenville. Uh, also, a single-engine plane, a Piper Turbo Arrow, made an emergency landing on Highway 64 up near uh, Plymouth, outside of Creswell. Uh, nobody was hurt, surprisingly. Uh, apparently, the plane had uh, engine trouble, and I guess it couldn't get its landing gear down because uh, it it landed, uh, did a belly flop, uh, skidding down the highway. And uh, but good news is nobody was hurt. You can replace planes, but you can't replace people. News and Observer is reporting: If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. That's what vandals spray painted those words in red up at the Mountain Area Pregnancy Service Center in Asheville. It's a pro-life pregnancy center. And uh, we know Jane's Revenge. We've talked about this a lot on the program. We've talked about the fact that you see Merrick Garland really not fulfilling his job and pursuing Jane's Revenge. I mean, Jane's Revenge just comes out and said, hey, we did it. So why aren't these people arrested? Uh, on Friday, Representative Ted Budd and Tom Tillis, both Republicans, of course, Ted Budd is running to replace, um, uh, how quickly we forget, Burr, Senator uh, Burr, who is retiring. Uh, the two of them signed a letter to Josh Stein to do something about the vandalism. And again, this is happening all over the country. And this is just one example up in the uh, Asheville area. And the letter to the attorney general released by the two uh, lawmakers said that the crisis pregnancy centers exist to give women support and resources during pregnancy, including critical counseling services, parenting classes, and vital supplies like diapers and formula. And again, they are pro-life. And I get so sick of hearing these liberals come out and say, well, you know, if you people are really for these women, you, would, you wouldn't just be against abortions. You'd be helping them out. Uh, this is what they do. And people who, and listen, they, they don't get $600 million a year from the federal government like Planned Parenthood does. Every penny they have is given to them by some generous donor. And they do a lot of work besides encouraging women to keep their babies. They, they do provide car seats and cribs and clothes and diapers and formula and counseling. Mountain Area Pregnancy Center is a Christ-centered outreach ministry that partners with churches in Western North Carolina to offer counseling and education to people impacted by at-risk pregnancies. WLOS, the ABC affiliate in Nashville, was the first to write about the Mountain Area Pregnancy Services defacement. Besides a message threatening the center's safety, vandals graffitied words, no forced birth, and broke several windows. A group called Jane's Revenge, a militant, shadowy, pro-abortion group that formed following the Supreme Court's decision has taken credit for the damages. So go after them. Failure to act, they said in this letter, will send a message that crimes against crisis pregnancy centers are silently condoned and will not be met with the consequences they rightly deserve, Tillis and Burr wrote to Stein. If if. If Stein doesn't do his job, he ought to be impeached. He ought to be removed from office. This is what he is there. He is there to enforce the law. Bud, who's running to replace Burr in the U.S. Senate, his campaign website talks about his pro-life stance and his desire to defund Planned Parenthood. 
Planned Parenthood is the biggest abortion. Well, they they were, although they said, well, just three percent of what we do is is abortion. Uh, still, they are the they were prior to Roe v. Wade the biggest abortion provider in the United States, and they probably will continue to be because a lot of states like California and New York continue to uh, allow abortions to take place. Um, Bud is running against uh, Sherry Beasley, a Democrat who endorsed is endorsed by Planned Parenthood. That tells you a lot. Uh, she supports codifying Roe v. Wade. Stein has taken a stance against abortion and has refused to ask a federal judge to reinstate the state's 20-week abortion ban, despite the urging of Republican state leaders. I mean, this was the law that was on the books. The state legislature is controlled by Republicans. Josh Stein is committing malfeasance by not doing what he ought to do. The attorney general is committed to protecting North Carolinians and works hard each day to do just that, said Stein's deputy chief of staff. As these federal leaders know, local law enforcement and district attorneys would have authority over these issues. Okay, if you have authority over these issues, then do something about it. Anyone with specific public safety concerns should report them to local law enforcement. Tillis and Bud said in their letter that the attack on the crisis pregnancy centers violates state and federal law, including the Freedom of Clinic Entrances Act of 1994. The law empowers state attorneys, or state attorney generals, I should say, such as, such as yourself with the authority to seek civil relief for conduct that violates the FACE Act. Considering the seriousness of these crimes, law enforcement cannot play favorites when it comes to pursuing justice. Tillis and Budge urged Stein to use every civil and criminal resource available to protect pro-life pregnancy centers. The lawmakers requested an update from Stein no later than August 15th to address which steps he has taken. They, he won't respond. <laughs> he won't respond. He's uh, made it pretty clear that uh, he thinks he is a uh, lawmaker instead of a law enforcer. I mean, as attorney general, you do not have the option to decide which laws you're going to enforce and which laws you're going to ignore. That is malfeasance, and that is exactly what Josh Stein is doing when it comes to uh, protecting these pro-life pregnancy centers. Unbelievable. Carolina Journal is also reporting that the state government's new controller is asking the North Carolina Supreme Court to jettison a proposed forced transfer in the the, uh, redistribution of education funds in the uh, Leandro lawsuit. Now, it was over a billion dollars. That it was $1.75 billion that a court told the um, General Assembly to hand over to the Department of Education. The new acting controller, Nels Roseland, requested today that he's between a, he's requesting the court not to demand that they do this. He's between the rock and a hard place. Basically, what, first of all, it's unconstitutional. Article 5, Section 7 says no money should be drawn from the state treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law. First Combs, the former um, uh, state government controller, who is um, retired on June the 30th, 
First Combs and now Roseland have interpreted the constitutional provisions to mean that the controller cannot move money out of the state treasury without authorization from the General Assembly. Quote, North Carolina law makes it clear that the office of the state controller has no legal authority to transfer funds from the unappropriated balance and that the controller is, in fact, expressly prohibited from doing so by the North Carolina Constitution and the State Budget, Budget Act, said the attorney for Nels Roseland. Now, uh, here's, here's the bigger problem, though, in this Leandro case, which now it's gone from $1.75 billion to um, the new amount is uh, $785 million, still a lot of money. But here's the problem. You know, the, the, and it's gone back and forth through different courts. The latest court has said this is unenforceable and you can't demand that it happen. And now it's going to the Supreme Court. Now, we know where the Supreme Court is right now with four Democrats and three Republicans. They don't really care. Uh, it's judicial activism at its worst. We've talked about this numerous times. And my hunch is if it's the Supreme Court's decision, they're going to somehow uh, force they're going to tell the state controller, you've got to cut this check. Here's the problem. Who do you take it from? I mean, if there is going to be the demand that the acting controller cut a check for $785 million, where are you going to take it from? Are you going to take it from Medicaid? Are you going to take it from uh, transportation? Where, where are you going to take it from? Where, where's this money going to come from? It's going to come from somewhere. I mean, we don't have an extra $785 million just sitting around doing nothing. It will be interesting to see what the Supreme Court does, but I, I fully expect the current Supreme Court, if this happens before November, which it looks like it will, looks like it's coming up in October, I'm sorry, the oral arguments will be August the 31st, and briefs are due by August the 12th, if it's this current Supreme Court, I fully expect them to say, yeah, you got to cut the check. We don't really care where the money comes from. you got to cut the check. Can't make it up. Hey, stay with us. Got a good story for you uh, concerning how the people of Wyoming feel about Liz Cheney. That and much, much more news and views for a Monday continues after this. Whatever it takes. when the news will break but leave us on and you will i think we want to see more details right now on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in it is august the first and uh speaking of uh clark willis our producer uh clark did you know today was spider-man day that's right with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> <laughs> clark often plays the part of spider-man um, it is also Homemade Pie Day. If my wife is listening, I love homemade pie. Uh, 86 years ago today, August the 1st, in 1936, the Olympic torch appeared for the first time in the opening ceremonies in Germany, Berlin. And uh, that was presided over by Adolf Hitler. And, of course, that was the Olympics in which Jesse Owens set all kinds of records and put to rest the ridiculousness of Hitler's superior race propaganda. August 1st, 
Uh, taking a look at your weather forecast, some clouds tonight, a low of 73. And right now, by the way, somewhere in our listening area, it's pouring down rain. It uh, came through Greenville about an hour ago. But uh, the eastern part of uh, our listening area is um, no doubt getting uh, some pretty heavy thunderstorms as we speak. Uh, it will clear off tomorrow, generally sunny, despite a few afternoon clouds, a high tomorrow uh, of about 95. And tomorrow night, a chance of a stray thunderstorm, but not likely. A low of around 72 tomorrow night. Wednesday, partly cloudy skies with a high of 95 again, and a chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. A... Um, CNN of all the of all the news outlets this is this originates out of CNN representative Liz Cheney's role in the January 6th committee is sparking heavy resentment from voters in her own state of Wyoming now granted she wasn't born in Wyoming she lives most of her adult life in Arlington Virginia I think she's born in uh, Wisconsin. Her time in Wyoming is pretty limited. She goes out there once in a while for a fundraiser. She actually went out there to do a uh, a uh, public forum, quote, debate. CNN went out to the Frontier Days Rodeo in Cheyenne, Wyoming. They interviewed Cheney's constituents, the people that, Put her in office at one point when they thought she was actually a conservative. I, although, I, again, this is why I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Elizabeth Dole. I don't care if it is Mitt Romney. I don't care if it is uh, Hillary Clinton. The idea that you can live your entire life or 75, 85, 95 percent of your entire life somewhere else and you can parachute in and suddenly say, hey, I'm here to represent the good people of Wyoming or New York, or Utah, or wherever it is, is a farce. And I, look, I know a lot of our folks loved Elizabeth Dole, but in all honesty, she had no business running for U.S. Senate when she hadn't lived in North Carolina for decades. I, I know she was born here, and I know she lived part of her life here, but she hadn't lived here in decades. Liz Cheney's the same way. Anyway, getting back to the story. CNN goes out. This is cut one, Clark. CNN goes out and asks voters at the Frontier Days Rodeo in Cheyenne, are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for a fourth term? Personally, I think she's had three too many. She's done us dirty. Look at how she's done Trump. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. How do you feel about her work on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the Constitution. If that was the rule of law, why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? That ain't the rule of law. That's a kangaroo court. She has been an embarrassment. It's a witch hunt. Are you proud of her for taking on Donald Trump? No. She doesn't know what her constituents want here anymore because she's lost touch with the values of the people. Now, remember, this is CNN. Uh, granted, uh, you know, if this was news and views going out and doing these interviews or if it was anyone, if it was town hall or any conservative outlet, 
you could say, well, okay, but they they left off the people that were for Liz Cheney. <laughs> this is CNN, a news network that would bend over backwards for anyone that would want to vilify Trump. CNN put this on. Polling conducted by the Mason-Dixon polling strategy for the Casper Star Tribune, well, last month, today's August 1st, and it was in July, found Cheney trailing in the double digits behind a Republican ta- uh, challenger, Harriet Hagman. And by the way, Trump has endorsed Harriet. The uh, Liz Cheney's office directed the Daily Wire when they asked about this CNN report. What did, what did Liz have to say about it? They told the Daily Wire to go and listen or read what Liz Cheney said at the end of the Wyoming primary debate, which happened in June. Okay, so we went back and listened to what she said. Cut to, Clark, this is what Liz Cheney said. I am a conservative Republican. I'm going to work hard to earn the vote of every Wyomingite in this election. Uh, And I think it's important for people to know that I believe that the most conservative of conservative principles is fidelity to our Constitution. In Wyoming, we ride for the brand, and our brand is the United States Constitution. So I'm going to ask people for their vote. I'm going to work hard to earn that vote. But people need to know something about me. I will never put party above my duty to the country. I will never put party above my duty to the Constitution. I swore an oath under God, and I will abide by that oath. I won't say something that I know is wrong simply to earn the votes of people, to earn political support. That's what the voters of Wyoming deserve. That's what the voters of Wyoming demand. That's the kind of respect that we owe the voters of this great state. We need to recognize that if we are not faithful to the Constitution, if we embrace lies, if we embrace the lies of Donald Trump, if we tell the people of Wyoming something that is not true, we will soon find ourselves without the structure and the basis and the framework of our constitutional republic. If we don't abide by the Constitution when it is politically inconvenient, then we will not have the Constitution as our shield when we need to defend our First Amendment rights and our Second Amendment rights. That is laughable. She's all about fidelity to the Constitution. Now, remember, the January 6th committee has said time and time again what Trump did was criminal. The Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, by the way, that one uh, constituent that said this is a kangaroo court, this is ridiculous, he's absolutely right. The Sixth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution ensures certain rights of individuals facing prosecution for criminal acts. The full text of the Sixth Amendment in all criminal prosecutions The accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and be informed by the nature and clause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor. (laughs) That hadn't been done and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. He's not even allowed that defense. So specific rights to the Sixth Amendment, the right to a public trial held without necessary delay, the right to be represented by a lawyer, the right to be tried by an impartial jury. Oh, they're uh, January 6th committee. They're real impartial. 
the right of the accused to obtain and present witnesses to appear on their behalf, the right of the accused to confront or question witnesses against them, the right to the accused to be informed of the identity of their accusers and the nature of the charges and the evidence against them. It's a, this is a kangaroo court. Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution. In all cases affecting ambassadors and other public ministers and consuls, and those in which the state shall be party, the Supreme Court shall have original... The Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all the cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have the appellate jurisdiction, both as to law and fact, with such exceptions as under the regulations as the Congress shall make. Now, the U.S. Senate did not vote to approve the January 6th committee. The House passed it. The Democrats controlled the House. I think there were two Republicans. Well, Liz Cheney, and the other uh, Kissinger, Kings, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, Kissinger. He is one, they were the only two that voted for the January 6th committee of Republicans in the House. The Senate never approved it. So, I mean, this is not an impeachment. The, the current January 6th committee is not empowered to conduct an impeachment. This is a kangaroo court. And for Liz Cheney, to boldly proclaim that she's all about the Constitution is as big of a joke as Biden telling us that the U.S. economy is stronger than it's ever been in the history of our country, which he said, by the way. I mean, for it is amazing to me that people like Liz Cheney can get up and, and say, oh, it's all about the Constitution. What a joke. And Liz, if it's all about the Constitution, why aren't you going after Joe? Mark Levin has said on numerous occasions that more than 40 executive orders enacted by Biden violate the Constitution. Well, where are you on those, Liz? The executive order on the Keystone Pipeline, the Fifth Amendment, that's a part of the Bill of Rights. It's violating the taking clause, Levin said, of the Keystone Pipeline, saying that the president cannot steal somebody else's property without remuneration. We have the Equal Protection Clause in the Fifth Amendment that applies to the feds, the 14th Amendment that applies to the states, the Equal Protection Clause. He signs an executive order that promotes race-based discrimination throughout the federal departments and agencies. That's clearly a violation of the Equal Protection. He assigns another executive order destroying women's sports in this country for biological females. Again, violates the Equal Protection Clause of the Fifth and the 14th Amendment. Liz, where are you on those? All about the Constitution, eh, Liz? <laughs> what a joke. Stay with us. We've got more to come. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So Nancy Pelosi's uh, visit to Taiwan, I said on Friday, at the last minute, it'll be called off and they'll blame it on something, COVID or something. Uh, This out this afternoon, Taiwan has reportedly started to call back soldiers on leave and ordered them to prepare for war as communist China has repeatedly issued threats ahead of Nancy Pelosi's anticipated visit to the island this week. We would like to tell the United States once again that China is standing by. The Chinese People's Liberation Army will never sit idly by, and China will take resolute responses and strong countermeasures to defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity. 
Chinese propagandists said at a press briefing uh, earlier this week, uh, according to CBS News. As for what measures, if she dares go, let's wait and see, they said. In response, Taiwan has canceled the leave of some soldiers and ordered them to immediately prepare for war while China conducts military drills in the area. U.S. and Taiwanese officials told CNN that Pelosi is expected to visit the island on Tuesday. We will see. I still would uh, put my money on the fact that she will fly by and not land. The Daily Wire and Fox News are both reporting, you know, again, that last story before the break, talking about the fact that uh, Joe Biden has uh, come out with all kinds of executive orders, including a executive order destroying women's sports in the country for biological females, uh, violating the Equal Protection Clause in the Fifth Amendment and the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. The Daily Wire is reporting a transgender cheerleader who is a biological male has been criminally charged for allegedly choking a female teammate at a cheerleading camp. This happened at Ranger College in Texas last week after the female teammate, the biological female. I know you got to, it used to, you could just say female and male previously, but now you got to say biological. The biological female called the biological male. The biological male is, the, 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 his new name is Avery Chanel Medlock. So he's a man. Uh, the female said, the biological female, I know you got to have a program to figure out who's the players. The biological female said that the biological male should not be on the team. The biological male, the transgender, said, quote, well, guys, I'm officially retired as a cheerleader as of last night at 530. A girl on the team was being very disrespectful and told me that I am a man with a penis. Uh, Well, I I think you probably are, bud. (laughs) I don't know how that's being disrespectful. I mean, okay, if you're six foot one and you say that guy's six foot one with blonde hair is that you're describing him is that being disrespectful Uh, anyway um and that the biological male should not be on the team according to the transgender biological male medlock that's what he posted on facebook i stood up for myself And then she called her mom and dad because she was scared because I stood up for myself. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's the victim. Her father said, speaking of the biological male, she, so the father was kinder than I would be. She has testosterone and a penis and I will kill anyone who comes after my daughter. The report said that Madlock claimed the cheerleader made transphobic and racist remarks before the alleged incident happened, and that video showed other cheerleaders hiding from the biological male. The biological male reportedly said the alleged attack on the female cheerleader was a joke. It was only a joke. So he physically assaulted her. He barely choked her. Nevertheless, law enforcement officials charged the biological male with assault and removed the biological male from the campus. 
The father of the female cheerleader, who the biological male allegedly attacked, is now demanding that law enforcement release all relevant video footage from the incident. The father defended his action in the post on social media, writing, I ask you, what would you have done when receiving a phone call at 1 a.m. from your daughter stating that she that they had to lock themselves in a room to stay away from this biological male? The father added that he never made any remarks about Medlock's race or gender. In a recent Fox News interview, University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines spoke out against William Thomas, a.k.a. Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas's involvement in the sport of swimming, that that was bad enough, but the women on the Kentucky team weren't told that this guy and his uncle Albert would be undressing right in front of them and they would have to undress right in front of him. But I am the insensitive one. <laughs> Telling it like it is is insensitive. Telling a biological male you're a man with a penis is insensitive, but stripping down in front of the women and making them strip down in front of you, that is understandable. Why would we question that? Can't make it up. So monkeypox, the big deal of monkeypox. You know, let's go ahead and take our last time out because this is a long story and I don't want to have to break it in two. Monkeypox in San Francisco. Uh, We'll talk about that and how hypocritical the gay community in San Francisco is and how liberals are all about. Well, find out. We'll talk about that when we get back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. So, monkeypox is the uh, big news, especially in San Francisco, where, as of today... They have gone into a state of emergency per Mayor London Breed. Now, you would think, I mean, we had COVID, right? Everything shut down. Everything stopped, right? Now, this is a matter of fact. Monkeypox is a virus that is particularly rampant in the homosexual community. It is spread by close, intimate contact. So while San Francisco is declaring an emergency and you have certain people that are, for example, State Senator Scott Weiner last week was demanding that the federal government spend millions of dollars on monkeypox vaccinations. And at the same time, he said lots of sex shaming on gay men around monkeypox. I'm sorry, it's not prejudicial. It's a fact. Go talk to the medical community. Or is this going to be another situation where the medical community is so concerned with being politically correct that they're going to fudge the truth in order to say, oh, that's nothing, you know, it's it's not prevalent amongst the homosexual community. And, And, you know, they'll cite situations. And it's not exclusive to the homosexual community, but it's rampant in the homosexual community. So, 
while this is happening, while they are demanding millions of dollars for vaccinations, there is they are ramping up and it's full steam ahead. No play on words there. Full steam ahead on the on this festival that takes place in September known as the Door Alley or the Up Your Alley or the Kink Festival. That's going to take place in September. Now, the timing for the San Francisco Kink Festival sparks worry about monkeypox and the emergency. But what what is the liberal community, both in terms of media and in terms of the home, the liberal homosexual community. What are they saying? They are saying it is prejudicial if anybody speaks against anything other than going full steam ahead with their kink festival. That that's um, one journalist out there called the kink festival a part. It's a big event that's a part of the city's rich tradition of social and cultural activities. The Kink Festival. Uh, I mean, you can if you probably don't want to see it, but if you want to go on and Google the Kink Festival or the uh, Door Alley or the Up Your Alley Festival in September, I'm sure there's all kinds of pictures. You get a you'll get a good idea what's going on there. District 6 Supervisor Matt Dorsey, who is the only openly HIV-positive member of the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco, said he thought the decision to move forward with the events was, quote, true to the San Francisco model of care. That's probably an accurate statement. (laughs) True to the San Francisco model of care. Heaven forbid anyone put on hold this lifestyle you know, we can demand that the American taxpayer foot the bill for some vaccination that is going to suddenly cure the monkeypox epidemic. What's well, not an epidemic yet? There's only a few hundred cases. I think of the total cases across the country are in the four thousand. I think is the number, something like that. Another piece in the Mercury News places a more focus on the fear of the stigma, a fear of stigma. Quote, beloved San Francisco fetish festivals presses ahead amid anxiety, uncertainty over monkeypox. As they began this piece out of the Mercury News, amid a burgeoning monkeypox outbreak that has so far disproportionately affected gay and bisexual men, Bay Area uh, public health officials and organizers of one of the region's most beloved LGBTQ events are walking a difficult line between preventing the spread of virus while fighting the stigma of the virus as a disease limited to the LGBT community. And nobody's saying it is limited, but it's prevalent. And why is it prevalent? It's because of this intimate uh, contact, which happens when you're having your sexual escapades. They're talking about, and listen, after this festival will happen, if, if they, they go through this festival, and I guess they're going to, they're expecting 5,000 people to come to this festival, and there'll be all kinds of people from out of state, 
What's going to happen then? They're going to take the monkey box all over the country. Now, again, if the medical community is going to be honest, if they're going to deal with this forthrightly as as a, a potential pandemic, would they not stop this? I mean, my gosh, when you had COVID, they were telling you you couldn't go to church. I, I think, you know, freedom of religion is a constitutional right. Freedom of sexual anarchy is not a constitutional right last time I checked. But w- will the AMA? Will the CDC? Will they, will they get involved in it? Will they come out and say, you know what? This probably isn't a good idea. This is not a good idea right now. No, they won't say a word. Unbelievable. British law enforcement officials, specifically the Hampshire Police Department, this is over in Great Britain, placed Army veteran Darren Brady, who's 51, in handcuffs for retweeting a meme of pride flags that were displayed in a way that depicted a swastika. Brady asked officers in the video why he was placed in handcuffs, to which one officer said, well, here's what he said. Cut three. No. Hampshire police would realise how ridiculous this is. It is. Of course, I'm happy to come to this. What did it need to come to? Because I don't understand. I posted something that he posted. You come to arrest me, you don't arrest him. Why has it come to this? Why am I in cuffs? Because of something he shared, then I shared. Because someone has been caused, obviously, anxiety based upon your social media page. Yeah, can't make it up. So they arrest this guy for retweeting a meme. They came and arrested them because they said, you made somebody anxious. You you triggered somebody. We can't have that. They put him under arrest. Now, the good news is uh, the folks over top of them are coming down on the arresting officers. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.